Hi, you're listening to Screen of the Crime, a podcast where we talk about true crime and what would happen if favorite TV or movie characters committed those crimes. I'm Maggie, and today my guest is... Laurel. Laurel's been on the show before, and so has her sister. Um, anything new with you? Just finishing out my last semester. Yeah, by the end of this year, we're gonna have degrees. Yes, exciting, okay. Today I'm drinking uh, rosé because I would be drinking Chardonnay, but my roommate did something with the bottles and I can't find my Chardonnay, so. It's also a Monday night and I wanted to get crunk. I'm drinking tap water out of this Starbucks cup that Ooh, I got a week ago. Sexy. Updates on my life. I finally submitted, started my application for grad school, and I have one more piece to submit um, until I have fully applied to grad school, so everyone wish me luck. What else? I'm trying to sell a GMAT prep book. It costs my parents $89. So if anyone would like to buy one off of me, I'm selling it for $88. That's it. Oh, I forgot. Um, I started watching a TV show on Netflix called Julie and the Phantoms. I've spoken a little bit about it to Laurel. Um, it's a children's show made by Kenny Ortega um, about a girl who starts a band with three dead dead guys so three ghosts that were in a boy band back in 1995 and they died eating street dogs and the vegetarian survives because he didn't eat the street dog but he went on to steal their music and become super rich and um i really like it i've seen it twice now almost three times because i'm watching it on laurel's netflix account as well i i watch a different kind of shows i've been watching quarters just nonstop. <laughs> they sure have a lot of stuff I came into work today uh, after finishing up watching the run through of Julie and the Phantom second time around, ready to just keep on talking to about it to Evan, even though he gives zero fucks about what I'm doing. But there's a girl, she's a freshman, um, who works with me named Izzy from Portland, Oregon. And um, she, I was, she only watches like K-dramas and anime. And I was like, she's never gonna even see my show. But then she looked at me and she said, you know what I started this weekend? Julie and the Phantoms. And I'm like, oh, me too. <laughs> Keep in mind, this whole time, I'm like weighing out turkey. Like I weighed out turkey for about two hours today. And I was like, I, I really like it. And she's like, I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. And I was like, well, I was like, did you know that like, like Kenny Ortega's gay? <laughs> this is my fun fact. I just found out that this 60 year old man's gay. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, and it's basically like a, a Disney Channel original, like, TV show, except it's not, so he can, he added, like, a gay guy in it, you know, he's a drummer, and all the headlines are like, blah, 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 plays the first openly gay, dead drummer, because he's dead, um, but I'm, like, really happy about it, and he's just, like, not about him being gay, but he is gay, because he's got a crush on Boo Boo Stewart, who was in Twilight, who's a skater boy, who's also dead, and um, I was like, so I was just, I was like, so like Kenny Ortega's gay, so like he can put like a gay character in there and like people of color in there and stuff like that. And she's like, yes, I love it. 
And that's how I found out she was gay. We had a girls. We had a full conversation where I was like trying to slowly push her into the fact that I wasn't homophobic because you can't see my nose ring under this mask. And I was like, I just love the representation in media nowadays. And she's like, as a lesbian. And I was like, we got one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I did today at work while weighing turkey. And then the boys came in and they started talking about Among Us. Right, my sister's been playing Among Us like nonstop. I haven't really played yet, but I watch it some. It sounds like an online game of Secret Hitler, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's fun if the people are fun. Like, the game is really basic. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to jump into the case. This is a short one because I Googled today in my break between (laughs) working class. Art murders, because I wanted something topical for you. And I got this hobby, so. And I got this case, um, which isn't really an art murder. And it's a little short, but I think it's quite interesting. So before we start, in order to really round out this episode, I'm going to tell you all about what Scientology is. Do you know anything about Scientology? Um, it's a sect kind of based on Christianity, made by rich people that has a lot of weird, unique takes on life. Damn, girl, you're right. Um, So here we go. (laughs) My college education falling through. The Church of Scientology is a group of interconnected corporate entities and other organizations. Sorry, this is straight from the mouth of Wikipedia. No edits done. Other organizations devoted to the practice, administration, and dissemination of Scientology, which is variously uh, defined as a cult, a business, or a new religious movement. The German government classified Scientology as an anti-constitutional sect. In France, it has been classified as a dangerous cult. In some countries, it has managed to attain legal recognition as a religion. The Church of Scientology International, or the CSI, is officially the Church of Scientology's parent organization and is responsible for guiding local Scientology churches. Its international headquarters are located at the Gold Base in an unincorporated area of Riverside County, California. Scientology Missions International is under CSI and oversees Scientology Missions, which are local Scientology organizations smaller than churches. The Church of Spiritual Technology, or CST, is the organization which owns all the copyrights of the estate of L. Ron Hubbard. Just so you know, L. Ron Hubbard started Scientology. He was a wacky. It's a good name. Yeah, it's L. Ron Hubbard. (sighs) Not L. Ron. You're really playing loose and wild with that name. (laughs) All Scientology management organizations are controlled exclusively by members of the Sea Org, and that's see like the ocean, which is a legally non-existent paramilitary organization for the, quote, elite innermost dedicated core of the Scientologists. The Church of Scientology promotes and teaches Scientology, a body of beliefs and related practices created by L. Ron Hubbard, starting in 1952 as a successor of his early self-help system, Dynetics. Scientology teaches that people are immortal spiritual beings who have forgotten their true nature. Scientology's central mythology developed around the original notion of the Thetan. In Scientology, the Thetan is the individual expression of Theta. 
described by Neusner as, quote, the comic source and life force. The Thetan is the true human identity, rendering human as pure spirit and godlike. The religion's mythology holds the belief that, quote, in the primordial past, Thetans applied their creative abilities to form the physical universe. Contrary to biblical narratives that show that the universe was created by a divine soul creator, Scientology holds that the universe is created by theta in the form of individualized expression. You got it? That cleared up nothing. We're not done. <laughs> Maybe wild. The story of Zenu is part of the Scientologist's teachings about extraterrestrial civilizations and alien interventions in earthly events, collectively described as space opera by Hubbard. Its method of spiritual rehabilitation is the type of counseling known as auditing, in which practitioners aim to consciously re-experience painful or traumatic events in their past to free themselves of their limiting effects. Study materials and auditing courses are made available to members in return for specific donations. Scientology is legally recognized as a tax-exempt religion in the United States, and the Church of Scientology emphasizes this as proof that it is a bona fide religion. Scientology describes itself as the study and handling of the spirit in relationship to itself, others, and all of life. According to the Encyclopedia of American Religions, it is, quote, concerned with the isolation, description, handling, rehabilitation of human spirit. One purpose of Scientology, as stated by the Church of Scientology, is to become certain of one's spiritual existence and one's relation to God or the Supreme Being. One of the major tenets of Scientology is that a human is an immortal alien spiritual being, termed a Thetan, that is presently trapped on planet Earth in the physical, quote, meat body. <laughs> Hubbard described these Thetans in the space opera Cosmogony. The Thetan has had innumerable past lives, and it is accepted in Scientology that lives preceding the Thetans' arrival on Earth lived in extraterrestrial cultures. Descriptions of opera incidents are seen as true events by Scientologists. The church claims that they provide methods by which a person can achieve great spiritual awareness. Within Scientology, progression from level to level is often called the bridge to total freedom. Scientologists progress from pre-clear to clear and ultimately to operating Thetan. Scientologists are taught that a series of events or incidents occur before life on Earth, and Scientologists also believe that humans have hidden abilities that can be unlocked, like Matilda. And that's the end of my Scientology presentation. Um, if you're that's a scientist, that's never been done before. <laughs> if you're a Scientologist and you're listening to this, I am going to make fun of you for the entirety of this episode, and you should deal with it because you're probably a celebrity. Also, I just want to say that like a lot of well-known celebrities are Scientologists, and I think that's just crazy. Like that like, girl I in mean, The Handmaid's Tale, she's a Scientologist. I can't respect her anymore. <laughs> I don't know. To me, like hearing what I heard. It sounds just as crazy and wild as any other religion. It's just that, like, you haven't heard of it before. Like, My thing is, is that it's not old. And I don't really respect right? a lot like, of religions. It's, it's like they just created a whole new fantasy. Like, it's so, it's fresh. It is fresh. It's, it's new. And I believe in aliens, just like the Scientologists. But... <laughs> Dangerous <laughs> and close there, Maggie. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's... 
it's new, you know? And, like, it can't be considered a culture that some religions can be considered, like the Jewish culture and things like that, which I respect. But because it's not new, it's, it's, that's not new. That's like you live and your whole family is like, it's a line, you know, but Scientologists, you're like Tom Cruise and you come to Hollywood and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? Believe in aliens and also unlock my hidden abilities. I just feel like to me, it's like atheists that want a little spice and fantasy in their life. It's like they're LARPing as a religion because they don't actually believe in anything. But they do. They believe in this. But like, why? Like, I don't fucking know. All right, let's get into the case. This case is about Ellie Perkins, and let me go into it. So Ellie Perkins was born Ellie Present, and she was raised Jewish and married a man named Don Perkins, um, who was brought up Christian. And so, of course, they started taking Scientology courses. (laughs) Um, Before coming to Buffalo, Perkins had lived in Rochester, which is where I live. And she attended what school? Rochester Institute of Technology, which is the school I attend. I just thought that was cool. We're not sponsored. Perkins, um, Ellie Perkins, crafted handmade glass art and traveled to annual Renaissance fairs in upstate New York to sell her wares, which I've been to. Um, She had been a member of the Sterling Renaissance Festival for 23 years and had helped to run the Niagara Craft Association. She had been unsuccessful selling paintings and was inspired to start glass painting by a friend. And when her friend left town, the market was wide open for Ellie to sneak in there and start up shop selling um, painted glassworks. So in 1979, both Dawn and Ellie uh, reached the Scientology state of clear, which as we recently spoke about was right after pre-clear, before becoming an operating theatin or whatever. And after taking a Scientology course and receiving auditing processes, they, they received that state of clear. The Perkins family then moved to California and lived there uh, during the 1980s, where Ellie worked at the Celebrity Center. And I don't know what the Celebrity Center is, but one might assume it's where celebrities go. And in the late 1980s, the family moved back to Buffalo. In case you don't know, Buffalo is about an hour from me. Um, Ellie. Ellie, do they have kids? Or is it just the two couple? They do have a child. I will get to it in about a sentence. Um, Ellie and Don had a daughter and a son named Jeremy. The son's name is, the daughter doesn't matter. And they lived at home and worked, Jeremy lived at home and worked for Don's contracting company. In addition to contracting work, Don Perkins is a cabinet maker and a carpenter, like Jesus. Perkins' son, Jeremy, who's 24 years old, um, he started to show changes in his behavior. And Jeremy told his father that he was hearing voices in his mind. So at this time, the Perkins sent Jeremy to join Scientology's Sea Org in California, which they hoped would help resolve his troubling behaviors. Jeremy's treatment was not successful um, with the Sea Org, so he returned to his parents within a few months and resumed his job with his father's business. A family friend said, quote, Ellie strongly believed that psychiatry was evil, so she would not consult a psychiatrist about her son's mental illness. Scientology believe that psychiatry, quote, doesn't work. Okay, now you're, now I'm listening. <laughs> you becoming a Scientologist now? <laughs> yeah. Um, court-ordered psychiatric evaluations of Jeremy Perkins showed that he was displaying symptoms of schizophrenia in 2001. Defense attorney for Jeremy, John Nucciarino, 
that's probably not how you pronounce that, said that his condition declined over the summer of 2002, and that his father had to terminate his employment. Imagine getting fired by your father. That's embarrassing. His deterioration <laughs> exhausted the Church of Scientology's efforts to cure him, and they classified Jeremy Perkins as a level three potential trouble source and banned him from further Scientology courses. After being found trespassing outside the University of Buffalo on August 14th, 2001, Jeremy was arrested and remanded um, to a local hospital after a court-ordered psychiatric exam confirmed that he had been had a diagnosis of schizophrenia. Ellie Perkins later convinced the court to release her son into her custody, and she began to seek an alternative method of treatment to psychiatry and refused to allow her son to be treated with any antipsychotic medications. In the fall of 2002, the Perkins family consulted with Dr. Conrad Mulfair, an osteopathic physician and a Scientologist. According to Jeremy's defense attorney, Mulfair concluded that, quote, he was suffering from certain digestive problems that had certain chemical toxins in his body, and he needed to be purged of it, which I think can describe me pretty well. <laughs> Gotta get out the leeches now. <laughs> Digestive problems. <laughs> Mulfair said he needed to be energized with vitamin therapy. Ellie Perkins fed Jeremy the recommended vitamins, but Jeremy became highly suspicious of his mother. In a recorded interview, after being asked what concerns he had about taking these vitamins, Jeremy stated, quote, well, concerns just that maybe she's trying to poison me or something. In February 2003, Ellie Perkins took Jeremy to see Albert Brown, a self-taught natural healer. Jeremy told Brown in a session, quote, sometimes I think I'm Jesus Christ. Ellie Perkins wanted to send Jeremy to live with Brown for treatment, but days beforehand, Jeremy began to act more aggressive. After consulting with her son-in-law, Jeff Carlson, the executive director of the Buffalo Church of Scientology, that's who Jeff Carlson is, Ellie was told to give Jeremy MEST. That's in all caps, it's M-E-S-T. It's described as busy work around the house in order to get him tired. So Jeremy was 28 years old when his parents agreed that he should stay with <laughs> Albert Brown, whose treatment regimen was accepted by the Scientology doctrines because it was fake and vitamins. Holistic remedies, am I right? Um, <clears throat> Jeremy had agreed that Brown might be able to help him and was to leave in the afternoon of March 13, 2003. That morning, Don Perkins had to return from work briefly in order to settle an argument between Jeremy and his mother. Later, Ellie told Jeremy to take a shower, which he did do. When he finished the shower, Jeremy found his mother in the kitchen talking on the phone. He retrieved a steak knife and attacked Ellie as she spoke to her friend. According to a statement given to the police, Jeremy Perkins stated, big quote, here we go. I tried to slit my wrists after the shower, but I wouldn't die. So I decided to do it to my mom instead. She was screaming. No, Jeremy, don't. I stabbed her about four to five times before she fell down. Then I stabbed her about 10 more times in the stomach after she fell to the ground. I knew she was a goner. I believe that I have lived different lives for the past thousand years and wished I was in another life now. Hmm. He really, really doing that. He said he attempted to cut out her right eye because he thought it was evil. The attempt was unsuccessful. 
Along with statements like, quote, she gets mad at me when I play my drums in my room and she makes me take these vitamins every day when she made me take the shower this morning, that was the last straw. <laughs> I just, the shower is the last straw, you know? Yeah. Um, for a 28-year-old man. forced to take a shower. Ah, gosh darn. Jeremy's police statement led to a court-ordered psychiatric examination. Autopsy reports showed that Ellie Perkins was stabbed 77 times. In June of 2003, Jeremy Perkins pleaded not guilty to charges of criminal weapons and second-degree murder in the court in Erie County. The district attorney in the case stated that death by stabbing is not unusual in homicides, but 77 stab wounds is really rare. His math was a little off. He was like four and then five. Yeah, no, he's dumb. The court ordered another psychiatric examination for Jeremy. Jeremy Perkins was found not responsible by reason of mental disease or defect on July 29, 2003, and was placed on probation. Six months later, on January 29, 2004, a commitment order was issued which assessed him as, quote, dangerously mentally ill, authorized him to be committed as, at a secure facility of your choosing by the New York State Office of Mental Health. Don't you think it's weird that he was just, like, placed on probation for six months after stabbing yeah, his mom? Yeah, does that mean he was, like, out and about? Yeah, he was out and about. Having fun. According to Rich Dunning, a former deputy director of the Buffalo Church of Scientology, there, quote, was panic among the Church of Scientology international leadership after the killing of Ellie Perkins. Dunning said that the goal was, quote, to distance the church as far away as they could from Jeremy Perkins. He also said that the killing was a public relations fiasco, as it exposed the dangers of Scientology's ban against consulting psychiatrists and believed <laughs> that members who attained high operating thetan levels achieved special powers. Jeremy Perkins was later placed uh, on psy- psychiatric medication, which court psychiatrists state have stabilized his condition. Jeremy Perkins' defense attorney said, quote, Jeremy himself told me that he firmly believes that he, if he had been taking his medication earlier, that he would not have killed his mother. After attorney Nuturino spoke with 48 Hours, you know, the television show, Jeremy was visited by senior church of Scientology staff member, and Nuturino was replaced by an attorney whose law firm had worked previously with Scientology, because he made that statement against Scientology. Um, In March of 2006, an advertisement in LA Weekly blamed Tom Cruise and the Church of Scientology for Perkins' violent death. The ad stated, quote, thanks, Tom Cruise and the Church of Scientology for your expert advice on mental health. I think that's funny. The, the ad recounted the story of Ellie's death, saying that she was killed, quote, by the schizophrenic son she was told to treat with vitamins instead of psychiatric care. The advertisement also cited the website PerkinsTragedy.org, as did Salon, which is another um, article. On October 28, 2006, the CBS program 48 Hours aired the segment on Perkins' death. CBS later reported on the background behind the production of the program and wrote that they had received complaints from Scientologists. Quote, the Scientology community was not happy with the story, which raised the possibility that Ellie Perkins might not have been murdered had her son been given psychiatric treatment. According to CBS, the Church of Scientology did not provide the 48 Hours production staff with an official spokesman and attempted to influence the broadcast itself. Scientologists said that CBS had a conflict of interest because pharmaceutical companies advertised on the network's television programming. However, CBS News Senior Vice President, Standards and Special Projects, Linda Mason stated, quote, nothing could be further from the truth. 
At CBS, the sales department and news department, there's a Chinese wall between them, whatever that means, and we just don't cross. And we've done numerous stories on the ill effects of drugs of various sponsors that are on CBS. When questions about the litigious nature of the Church of Scientology, Mason said that his history of litigations did not influence the show's production, saying, quote, we do stories that we feel stand on their own ground in the court of law. The end, I blame Scientology for the murder of Ellie Perkins, RIT grad. Yeah, it is, it is his fault first, but... Technically, he was found not guilty. Oh, wait, where's he now? Is that the psychiatric facility? Chilling chillin forever? Yeah. But like, if the meds work, where are he gonna go? He just gonna chill there? I think he's just gonna chill there. I mean, he did murder someone. Like, I don't wanna, like, I mean, yeah. But I feel like- He was found not him, guilty like, for his mental illness, but he also did kill someone. I don't, like. But then he should just like go to normal prison. I don't know. Well, he's found not guilty, so he can't go to prison, but he can be court ordered to go to a, a high security facility of his choosing. Hmm. I mean, he's probably living pretty nice there, to be honest. Yeah, like, he doesn't have to work. Kind of want to go there for life. Well, my first question, what would your high operating theaton power be once you reach uh, max level uh, Scientology? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I've been thinking a lot on it. Um... And I don't know how much Scientology courses are, but like if I reached max operating theatin power, I would want my special power to be, like I'm like a sucker for moving things with your mind. I just think that would be easier, but I think it'd be really cool if I could be like war and peace from sky high and have fire powers, you know? But I think people would think I'm the devil, so that wouldn't be possible. Shape-shifting? Uh, but that'd be kind of lame. Yeah, no, that'd be, like, a good one, because you could, like, actually convince yourself you're doing it, like, and you're like, yeah, this is working. That's true. But it's not. I feel like I would have mind reading, and, like, I would 100% believe I'm reading people's minds, but I'm actually just making shit up, like, be like, yeah, she's- Oh, you're saying our powers are fake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so dumb, then (laughs) shape-shifting. Like, you know, like, like, I can, I can, I can- actually control water but i can also think i'm reading people's minds you know like i don't know if you had the same experience of me like in elementary school you just watched all the x-men movies and also sky high and you're laying on your bed and you're like i can control my ceiling fan and like it moves like an inch because you have it on too fast and you're like oh, i did that that's that's it that's scientology they just have never progressed past that stage i feel like my like the only thing like i convinced myself was like that I was being watched by like a bunch of cameras <laughs> like just like completely paranoid but like not in the sense that like I actually did or anything like cared about it I was just like yeah what if this I was mean, real? I have that same paranoia now but I just always <sighs> think someone's in my room <laughs> like I'll be going to the bathroom and I'll check behind the shower curtain like 15 times even though like I know no one's in my room and I know no one's behind the shower curtain but I just bathroom, gotta check. I can see under my bed, and I'm always like, wouldn't it be fucked up if I could, like, see someone under my bed while I'm peeing? <laughs> I think about that sometimes. It hasn't yet. It's like, I mean, I got a lot of shit under my bed, but I can fit under there. That means no, someone like, else can be looking at my feet. have to be, like, back there behind all the boxes, and I just, like, see a little bit of them, the sparkle in their eye. I hate it. I hate it so much. 
Oh yeah, my cat's also down there, so it could be him. At least you got a cat to fall back on. You'd be like, that wasn't a person, right? <laughs> oh no. So it was like a guy, and he was crazy. We we could like, I'm getting some vibes from like Split. He had some, some powers. But yeah, it's just like from what I remember, like he was kind of crazy. <laughs> Did some crazy stuff. He's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think he killed some people probably. Do you remember at all the plot of Split? Do you know why it's called Split? There's literally nothing up here, Maggie. <laughs> um, split personalities. Or yeah. so they wanted us to think. And he had some crazy powers. Yeah, he went full beast mode at the end. That's that's him reading, reaching his operating feet. <laughs> yeah, we can have those powers too if we buy all the classes. You know, all he did was kind of like rip his shirt and make him a little buff and a little animal-like. Yeah, like he needed to drink some water. But 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 he did not kill that girl because she had tummy scars, you know, and that's respect. He says, I respect you and the fact that your uncle molested you, and I will not kill you. That's the um, end of Split, in case anyone cares. Well, I, my memory M. Night Shyamalan's best work. Also, the story reminds me of a lot of Criminal Minds episodes. It's, yeah. uh, Criminal Minds really like, like making mentally ill people, the, the, uh, the killers, just killing everyone. So, I mean, yeah, but isn't that like the... Like, not to say that all mentally ill people kill people, but the point of Criminal Minds is, like, profiling people. Yeah, they, no, they have, like, 500 episodes. They, were they can't just be like, well, he's a well-adjusted white guy, you know? <laughs> like, they gotta be like, he's got mommy issues. Got him. We got him. White man in his mid to late 40s. A lot of problems. It's like we, we're looking for a white man in his mid to late 40s. He's got mommy issues and is afraid of cars. Still and Garcia is like, there. there's one in the area. <laughs> she yeah. like searched the database of mommy issues. <laughs> right. You, you have any TV shows or movies that <laughs> remind you of this? You said it had to do with an artist. Did that... She was... <laughs> Oh, she was a glass. <laughs> she was a glass painting artist. <laughs> yeah. She showed up on the Wikipedia page of artists that were murdered. And I thought she was interesting because she was like actually murdered and it wasn't like blah 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 was murdered during the French Revolution, you know. Like and you know, I thought it was interesting. She went to my school, which is weird because it's not an art school. And I want to know what she went for. And my assumption is fine arts because she tried to sell her paintings, which didn't sell. Did she even graduate? I don't know. It makes you think, does a degree from my school mean anything if it's in the arts? Clearly, if you get that, uh, that, what are you trying to get? Masters? Mm-hmm. Once you have that, then it'll sell. I think a master's degree looks pretty cute. Yeah. I mean, I just can't get a full-time job right now, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with the group. Um, I'm graduating, and I'm not prepared to start a full-time job. Yeah. I can't even keep my job at the deli because we don't get any customers. So I, I got to go to school or else I'm just going to move home with my parents, but I can't do that because they're moving out of their house. So 
Yeah, I'm moving back home. Maybe, maybe do some furry commissions. Maybe apply for that cute juice shop down the street. Finally get a, a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I just want to say, I there's an episode of Community where Piers uh, joins a religion, and it's it's getting close to when he dies because they no one likes Chevy Chase anymore because he's elderly and racist, and um. His his religion that he joins is basically Scientology, but he, like, puts all his sperm into, like, these wood capsules. And, you know, it could be that in the episode of Community, I don't know if you've seen it, um, pretty good show, you might like it, check it out, that Pierce joins Scientology and then develops a mental illness and, I don't know, kills Britta or whatever. She's a character in Community. Well, I can see it. On a side note, I had to watch Annie Hall this weekend for film class because I'm in that. It feels like it's the only class I take. <laughs> and uh, it's not because I had to do like 15 hours of women and gender studies feminism research over the weekend. And Annie Hall is is a Woody Allen film. I don't know if you know anything about Woody Allen, but my mom informed me over the phone that he's a pedophile. Um, and my film teacher is pretty adamant that he's a bad guy. Also, I think he like married his ex-wife's adopted daughter classic men which is weird to me but i can't be certain of those facts anyway it's um a comedy it's a it's a rom-com about new york it came out in the 70s and it wasn't a bad film per se but i was quite confused by the plot and he did a few very fun editing techniques that i would enjoy in any film that wasn't starring woody allen because woody allen's character was the most annoying character i've ever seen he was one of those men who thought they knew everything about everything, and he was so fucking annoying. And um, I hated him. And him and Annie Hall, it's a rom-com between him and Annie Hall, but he also slept with a bunch of women. I'm not certain of the timeline, but I think it was while he was dating Annie, but I could be wrong. And they don't, get, they don't stay together. Annie Hall becomes, you know, uh, a singer, and uh, she moves to L.A. for a short period of time. And it doesn't go well for him, and I'm happy about that. But he he's the first person, not the first, but, like, he was, he's doing techniques where he, like, breaks the fourth wall and he, like, talks to the camera. And there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where he's like, I wonder where my classmates are doing right now. And it's all his classmates, like, as children, and they look directly at the camera and they, like, say what they're going to do. And I think it's pretty funny. And I think it's the best scene out of all of it, and it should have just ended on the five-minute mark. But, like, one of them looks and he's like, I was a heroin addict. Now I'm addicted to methamphetamines, you know? And the other girl's just like, I'm into leather. And they are children. And I just think it's hilarious. Because one of them's like, I run a fashion business. And, like, I'm a used car salesman or whatever. Like, you'd expect because they look dumb. But then just a little girl just, like, looks directly into the camera. And she just goes, I'm into leather. And I just thought it was so funny. Um, and that was really it. That was the end of the funny. So film class is really boring. I'm not learning. Like I think I'm. I like I know more about film than than he thinks I know about film. And so it's like it's like yeah, I watch 45 minute videos like five times a day on like how this film changed things and what camera stuff they use. So I think like honestly, like I know more than he's trying to teach us. He's like, what's a dolly shot? And I'm like, really? <laughs> watched like a scene from Napoleon Dynamite and he's like did you see that cut I did see that cut you know anywho what's new with you not much since the last time 
You asked. I watched all of Over the Garden Wall this weekend. In one sitting. Hot takes. It's the best thing ever made, and people can just stop trying, because it'll never be as good. Great. Yeah. It has, like, the best music, the best art, the best plot. I love that Elijah Wood voices work. <laughs> Here's the fan art I'm working on. Yes, the Laurel has been doing amazing, like, screen print, right? Um, I kind of gave up on the screen print. I'm just painting it now. I have to do something else for that class. Well, I'm excited to see it. So y'all should go cyberstalk Laurel. Not, I mean, she's already got so many followers. So you don't have to follow her, but you can go like her post. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you doing? You're doing screen prints. You're selling shirts. Are you still selling them? Yeah, I've got a couple. They're uh, what a demon woman. They got like some demon some bugs and the chicken yeah is the the chickens cameron's there right yeah um they're really really nice i would love to have all of them but i have too many clothings right now since i have to move into a pod like the u-haul pod do you know what i'm talking about yeah because you're an adult because I'm an adult without an apartment and my parents are moving out and giving me all their furniture, but I don't have any place to put it. And they told me, okay, over the phone, my mom was like, we're going to have to get a pod. And I was like, yeah, but like not right now, right? She's like, no, like in January. Like I'm going, like I'm, I live in an apartment. Like my room is like six feet long. Like I can't put a house full of furniture here and I can't afford a pod. I don't know, like, I'm not staying in Rochester. I swear to God, if I stay in Rochester after I graduate, I'll die. Um, so, like, I don't know what's going on. Do you, like, know where you want to go? Like, Yeah, um, I'm so glad you asked. It's not like we've been planning. <laughs> um, I would love to move to the Pacific Northwest. Um, and now talking to the new girl at work, I think, not, not like necessarily Portland, because it's probably expensive there, and they don't put fluoride in their water, but... Like, somewhere in Oregon would be nice. I love the coasts. Maybe I'll move to Maine. I don't know. I saw a TikTok of these two girls trying to, looking for a new roommate in Portland, Maine. And it looked like they lived in a garage, which was a little concerning to me. But they said that they could cook food. So, I mean, depending on rent, I'm willing to move anywhere after my one year of grad school if I get into it. Also, I mentioned last episode that I was getting a COVID test and I did come back negative because I don't have COVID. But um, I found that it's truly hard to get a COVID test in Florida, according to my mother. So when I fly on the plane, I'll never know if I get COVID and then I might just kill my father. But also I was randomly selected by my university to get another COVID test. So Looks like I'm getting two in a row. So that's gonna be fun. But at least I know the results. Yeah, I haven't been tested yet. Don't really think I'm gonna be anytime soon. In bigger news, the president of the United States said it's COVID. Quick, let's take a moment of silence to manifest. Die. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. So that's fun. I want everyone to know that they should go out and vote and they should request an absentee ballot if they haven't already. Your time is dwindling. Um, I just voted over the weekend, and by that I mean I filled it out and I put it in the mailbox, so hopefully it will get there in time. Yeah, today is like the last day to register in Florida, but so, 
Yeah, so if you're not registered, please it's too late. register. <laughs> not in Florida. <laughs> but if you're in a different state, please register. Um, please look it up. Um, your vote matters. And like if you're thinking that like you don't want to vote during this election because you think both candidates suck, I want you to take a deep look at your privilege and vote for Biden. So just so you know, if you tell someone that you're not going to vote, I immediately hate you. Um, because you have this privilege, you have this right, and I and Laurel weren't allowed to vote in the 2016 election, and look how that turned out. It's so our fault. We should have been older. We should have, we should have lied. We should have committed voter fraud. Please don't commit voter fraud. But just so you know, if you're like looking at the debate and you can't choose a side, look a little deeper <laughs> and think about everyone whose rights are being taken away by Trump and um, then really think if you're going to be the bad guy in the situation. And that's my statement on politics. I never said I was bipartisan. And um, sorry to get political. Kidding. I love you and I can't wait to go camping with you. I'm just so shy. I hate you. Cut that out. <laughs> yeah, but I can't wait to go camping. Only thing keeping me alive. Honestly, if I don't get into grad school, I want you to know that our suicide pact is coming true on this camping trip, and I will not be around for Christmas. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah. For you. And I think that's going to conclude this episode, because I need to make my bed tonight, and it's already 9 o'clock. So, thank you for listening, Laurel. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for talking about Scientology with me. I think we've officially converted both of ourselves and we're going to start taking courses as soon as possible. Uh, we finally have a plan for when we graduate this semester and it's Scientology because <laughs> I need the superpowers. Need, yeah, like, we need the superpowers. I, I can't live in this boring, superpoweredless world anymore. Like now that I know that's an option, I mean, like, why would I choose anything no else? No place is too small to pay to become a high tier, high operating season. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening. Don't kill anyone. Have a nice October. Um, you can find us on Screen of Crime on all social media. I post on Instagram the most frequently, and you can get to see lovely photo of me and Laurel in this Zoom call. And um, check out our website. You can also go to my Redbubble account and buy Screen of the Crime merch, just so you know the new logo has not been updated yet. But you can still buy the lovely logo with me and Tess on it, if that's what you're into. We love all the support I can get. And... Um, <laughs> Have a very nice week. Thank you.